Greeting queens, this is Tammy, the owner of Timeless Events Entertainment. We would like to invite you to a New Year's Eve ball, Queen Excellence. Join us on December 31st as we celebrate women empowerment and ownership. If you own a business, if you work a nine to five and have a side hustle, this event is for you. Queen Excellence is about a sisterhood. We want to recognize your accomplishments of 2019 and bring in 2020 surrounded by positivity. The festivities will be led by empowering females, Miss Globe, of 2018, Alicia Shanks, and entrepreneur Myoshi Smith. This celebratory event will be held at Thrive Baltimore Community Center, located at 6 East Lafayette Avenue in Baltimore. We will begin to close out 2019 at 10 p.m. Come dressed to impress and ready to network. You can buy tickets on Eventbrite. For more information, following up to the event, follow us on IG at QueenEx2020. Tonight she might break her brain. Melanin to doctor throw her shade. She minds her business and winds her ways. Go like 24K. Okay. Tonight I might fall in love. Family, welcome to another episode of Dim Chakras. Make sure that you follow the podcast at D E M C H A K R A S on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure that you follow me each and every weekday for your motivational minute at Dim Chakras at D E M C H A K R A S. I'm currently kind of under the weather, but we are still rocking and rolling with it. If nobody has told you today, please let me be the first to say that I like you and I love you. And I am not alone this week, family. We are back in the safe space, kicking it with one of the most amazing authors that it has ever been. My joy to know, R.S. Cole. How are you, beautiful? Thank you. I am wonderful. How are you? I'm good. I'm grand. Thank you for coming on. Um, I First, I came across your podcast actually before I even came across your book and um and actually multiple books actually yes yeah. um so is it like a series of books or are because I know they're all kind of geared around the hurt uh, to heal correct you know they actually are not that's okay. the funny part about them um the very first book broken which is actually the only series that I have um that was my very first book um, which was Broken, and Mending Followed, which is a portion of Broken, and then Healing kind of followed right after that. Okay. Um, and then I ended up, you know, switching gears because I had a lot of poetry that I had written over the years, and I'm like, hey, let me put my poetry out there. Um, and then it just, the writing just kept coming. It just kept flowing, and I'm actually working on, like, another four books at the same time, which is really oh, bad. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hell of a project. Um, so we do an icebreaker here in the safe space and it's always the question who you be and it's knowing yourself enough to know yourself outside of the titles that you hold to others like mother, daughter, cousin, whomever, who are you? How would you describe yourself to someone who didn't know you? To someone who didn't know me, I would honestly describe myself as an innovator, um, I'm a spiritualist. Mm-hmm. I am, you know, a person of my word, a person of integrity. I mean what I say and I say what I mean. Yes. <laughs> so um, I personally just, you know, I'm a motivator. I'm an encourager and I'm a pusher. You know, if I see that light in you, I'm going to push you. If you like it, okay. There's going to be some days you don't like me and that's okay. Yeah. But at the same token, we're going to make sure that we get to those goals that we're reaching. I love it. I love it. And you are out of North Carolina? Perfect. And where can the people find you on social media? 
they can find me on Instagram at author underscore RS Cole underscore 16 mm -hmm. and on Twitter at author. Wait, no. Twitter is RS Cole 743. Um, I do not have a Facebook anymore. I shut down my Facebook for privacy reasons, so it'll never come again. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> Where can people purchase your book? We always go through this at the beginning of the show because as we all know, people don't never really get all the way to the credits at the end. <laughs> they can purchase my book off of Amazon um, or they can DM me um, on Twitter or Instagram as well. Perfect, perfect. So this week's episode is inspired by, um, actually by your podcast. After doing a lot of listening and a lot of reflection because the year is winding down, um, I've, I've really been in a place of reflection and learning that you truly do have to go through something in order to get through something. And I think that it's monumental when you can sit back and really reflect on where you came from. I'll use myself, for example. I sat down and I had a moment of really reflecting on where this spiritual journey started and who I was then and this woman now. And she is totally different i don't even think people always talk about like teenage them and if teenage them could see them now no if two years ago if the exactly. woman two years ago could see this woman now i don't even think that she would think that this was the same person this was a church going uh very like overly religious very family oriented very very just focused on the wrong things within herself trying to find peace within destruction and corruption and just a bunch of bull um and just being this person now, I don't, I honestly think like 24 year old me would just be like, what, what girl, How did, what, what happened? And I agree. <laughs> I just, I, I'm more so after listening to several episodes, I just, I realized that you have had to have gone through something to have the amount of wisdom and insight that you do now. And mm -hmm. I think that a lot of people kind of talk about it without talking about it, but you are very open as myself and honest. And I was like, this is the perfect partner. <laughs> so I, I, I kind of want to get to know more about you and about your journey. And I, that's really where the whole synopsis of questions came from, because I think we have not yet had like a biography from you as of yet, like on, on audio. So no. <laughs> take it for a minute um, and talk more about that. So I know where I was when I first started this spiritual journey, but did you have to hate yourself in order to want to change who you were? Um, you know what? I didn't hate myself. I hated what I had become from someone else. Um, I mean, of course, like you, like you said, I'm open, I'm transparent. I, I have nothing to hide. Yeah. So, um, there, what my last book actually that I published, which is called how to lose a wife. Um, that was the, major pivotal change in my life and me moving away from that me being able to break free from everything that was going on there is what actually started my spiritual journey um i had already been like doing research and i'm just gonna be honest i had already been like okay christianity just don't work for me it's some, mm -hmm. some shit that just ain't making sense to me two plus two don't make four so <laughs> you know i had to literally go through the process of unlearning what was taught to me or beaten to my head for so many years and really doing research and learning for myself. Yeah. And at that point it was just like, bing, bing, bing. Right. <laughs> Get your shit like, together. Like a, 
right like a, it was like a cycle it's like kind of, okay now i found my footing we can get it going but how did you begin your transition to healing was it i know you said first i guess kind of detaching yourself from religion um but was it a matter of like meditation first or did you start with kind of like crystals was it writing it was actually meditation um and i can honestly remember i i was in my brand new apartment and the individual like continued to try contact me and stuff like that and i said you know what i'm just sick of this shit. i'm sick of you i'm over you i have became such i want to say just like such an angry woman if that makes sense um, because like really looking back on everything that I had, you know, grown through within that particular marriage, it was just like, no more. I'm, I'm done with you. I'm cutting you off. So I started to look up different things. Um, and I actually found, um, this tarot reader who was actually on Instagram as well. His name is Boots Tarot. Okay. And I started to follow Boots and I'm like, oh, you know what? Okay. He sages, he, he does this to cleanse his space. So I started to look up different things to cleanse my space. And when I say I cleanse my space, honey, I cleanse <laughs> everything. I cleanse the yoni. I cleanse ev- anything that had to do with the old me that was in Nevada was yeah. gone. Period. It, it had to die that night. And the next day, um, I went, I bought um, a small, like a plate that I could put my candles on and they can, you know, kind of melt. I can get them off right. there. I bought a white, a red, and a green candle. For me, I just put the intentions that I had into those candles, Mm -hmm. and I lit those candles, and I allowed them to burn. And one day in meditation, I actually literally lost myself to where I lost sense of reality around me, Mm -hmm. and I found out who I was in a past life. And a lady reached out to me um, who was a conjurer, and she told me, she said, you've done this work before. It's time for you to come back. Wow. And I was like, I don't know this lady. What is she talking about? Right, right. And as I started to do my studies and started to do my research, I started to understand who I really was. Yeah. That's amazing. And it's knowing, knowing you before you kind of knew you is a big thing. And I think that people forget that we've been here before. So through your, your journey, it sounds a lot like you're, the person that you were in your past life knew exactly where to come back to. Like it knew where to meet you. And it's Mm -hmm. like most people without, you know, really going too much into detail. A lot of people don't understand the intention behind lighting candles. And a lot of people don't know what is set once you set those intentions and red being such a juxtaposed color. The fact is, though you went there first and white meaning healing and release and green prosperity and financial and health and that's huge that that's the first route that you went and it it, your it your your spirit knew exactly where to meet you that is beautiful that is amazing i don't i don't remember it ever getting to that point up until really recently probably like winter of last year which was january of this year Mm -hmm really a pivotal point for me um i started to light candles with the intention behind it there's a shop that's not well it's pretty far from me now um that i actually visited and i met with the wiccan who kind of coached me through the intentions behind candles but after incorporating it all like my tapestry and meditation and within like lighting candles and having those incense i had a an out-of-body experience that was just 
out of this world and I started to focus more on the goddess portion of me than my past life. And I think my past life has always been affirmed and I always have kind of known that I've been here before and that I've fought a fight. But to Mm -hmm. know and focus more on like the goddess portion of myself is more so how I try to live because I try to live in a place of really what entitlement now, like what I'm entitled to as somebody who follows on this journey correctly. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a process. It's a it's a huge process. But I yes, realized that in doing this, my energy has meshed with other people who have kind of been on the same journey. Mm-hmm. And I honestly feel like it was of no coincidence that we crossed paths because right. we crossed paths kind of different. Like we crossed paths on Instagram. It didn't happen mm-hmm. any other way but through social media. Right. How social media kind of you know gets people together. But even after like past conversations, it it really feels like, and people a lot of the time don't believe in kindred spirits, but it just feels like we've been here before. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. And it's amazing to kind of come across these people because you don't find that that happens too many times that people acknowledge it. So for you to acknowledge you and then for me to acknowledge myself and then for us to be able to kind of acknowledge the engagement, I think that that's amazing. That's amazing. Look at you. Because that's something so powerful and that people really, really, they need to start to acknowledge and they need to start to understand, you know, and that's why I said I had to go through the unlearn and relearn process. Mm -hmm. And that's something that is really difficult for people. And that's another reason why my podcast is called Hurt to Heal, because you have to bring these things to the forefront that don't feel good. It's ugly. It's not a pretty process at all. But in the end, you acknowledge it, you create a way to fix it, and you move forward and you heal from those things and you throw it away. That shadow work process is so ugly and it still happens. Like I think people think that once you have healed, you fully healed and you're always going to go through something. There are things that you have not experienced as of yet that you, you have no idea how to prepare yourself for. And that's fine because life comes with things. Life hands you things. It's Mm -hmm. the traumas that you, that you've experienced previously that kind of map out what happens going forward. And that shadow work is, like really important when I first started um in podcasting a lot of people didn't know a shadow work and um a lot of like people within the podcast community like within the pardon family that I talk to still don't know too much about it because I'm one of like the only spiritual based podcasts within like the group of people that I talk to and that I mesh with you know often mm-hmm. um, and we just have had conversation behind it and they've come to me like I've started the shadow work process and I hate it I hate it <laughs> I hate the work it's ugly I hate hate that I got to go back to this childhood trauma. I hate that I got to hit this ex back up and ask him, you know, like for closure. Like, I I hate that I'm looking for for answers from things that I might never get the answer to. And I'm just like, my God, like, just go through it, experience it, because it's going to, it's going to gift you so much. But like, hold on to the fact as though you hate it for a second, because that's what's going to continue to give you that drive in order for you to push forward. Exactly. I 100% agree with that. What is one traumatic experience you've healed from that you're most proud of? I would say the most traumatic experience that I have healed from, and honestly, I personally, I've never looked at myself as a victim of anything, if that makes sense. I had to change around my verbiage and I look at myself of being a survivor and a motivator of, you know, coming from childhood molestation. You know, it took me a really long time to no longer be triggered. And when I say a really long time, I mean up until June (laughs) of this year to no longer be triggered. Um, 
by certain things that, you know, people would say and stuff like that. Um, you know, I, I unfortunately had, you know, multiple handsy uncles, you know, so that was my unfortunate past. And that was something that I completely tried to just forget, if that makes sense. I never brought it up to the forefront because in my opinion, like for me at first, I was like, okay, well, this is my fault. This is, I'm the reason this is happening. This is, you know, my issue. But the more I started to read up on it, the more I started to, you know, study certain things. I'm like, wait a minute, this wasn't my fault. I didn't do this. This was not something that I invoked to happen. These were adults who had a choice to make and they made the improper choice, which unfortunately involved me. So with that, you know, I've coveted my children. And I mean, I have coveted um, my children. And um, most recently, my son, my second son, was accused of molestation of a four-year-old. And the only reason he was accused is because this particular person hates the fact that I'm engaged to her son's father. So she accused my son of doing something to say, oh, well, he can't come to the house anymore because this happened. Um, Fortunately for her, I am not who I was a year ago. I am not who I was two years ago. Or I would have dragged her ass up and down (laughs) the East Coast border. (laughs) When I tell people the protection of your peace is so important, and every now and then you gotta knock some shit over. I don't understand why people apologize so much for being violent. Like I I never apologize. Why people apologize so much for being angry. I'm sorry I was so angry. I'm sorry I acted the way that I did. If it comes down to it and you feel like somebody is threatening your inner area, like what you got going on, knock Mm -hmm. some shit over. Some people really don't understand what happens when some shit happened until some shit happened. And I've noticed that. I've noticed that there are times where I've had to, and people say like get ugly, but I've had to really kind of show and rear the face of the ugly side of me because Absolutely. you as a joke i'm not yep. all incense and crystals i will get coke 45 and newport 100 and a goddamn heartbeat exactly. if it comes down to my peace especially with my people my tribe oh i don't play with i ain't got no exactly. problem at all i just don't look good in orange so wherever the hell you send <laughs> hopefully and they got and see i'm the opposite i look lovely in orange so you can try me if you want to <laughs> you know I am the product of, you know, I have a long history of, you know, military personnel, police personnel, you know, my father, honestly, I mean, I'm not even ashamed to admit it. He was one of the gang kingpins of California. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So I can make a phone call and mention my dad's name and they're like, you know what? I'm good on you. I don't even want to talk to you. Sometimes you got to make (laughs) some shit shake and I ain't got no problem with it. I don't see any issue at all with making do with what you have. Sometimes the generational curse is that you have to knock some shit over. And I'm comfortable with that. That is one curse that I had no problem with, with dealing with and reliving and making some shit happen with. Like this ain't that. Let me show you that I have the capability to fuck you up. Like let because apparently you don't feel like that's a talent that I possess. Oh, yeah. And see, I I even, I went even, I took it a little bit deeper. I said, you know, I could go beat her ass and and drag Mm -hmm. her up and down everything. But then, unfortunately for her, I have cameras in my home. When I say my piece of safety is everything, I have cameras upstairs, downstairs, outside, backyard. I see everything. Me and my fiance ran back the cameras. We're able to prove to her, you're a liar. You're a whole liar. 
the baby mm -hmm. even said, mm -hmm. my mommy told me to say it. So, oh my. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I said, you know, I'm not going to say anything if she calls me, texts me, or whatever I said. Because me as a parent, if, if my child told me anything, I'm on the horn with that person. I don't give a care who you are. I'm on the horn with you so right. we can have an understanding of what is going on. And we're going to get to the bottom of it. I'm going to call the police. I'm going to do everything I need to. This is not what was done. We, didn't, we were not exactly. notified until two weeks after the incident supposedly happened. And then to find out that it never fucking happened. Yes. You know, and it was just disgusting. So I said, you know what? I'm not going to communicate. I'm going to cut off all communication from this point. Mm -hmm. I said, and I'm going to go, I'm, I'm going to do my work. So I went into my root work. And mm -hmm. unfortunately for her, you know, I am ruled by Saturn. And I am a Capricorn, also ruled by Babaluae, who is one who will give you a curse or take it away. So mm -hmm. I decided to go into my work. Let's just say I'm reaping those benefits <laughs> and that's exactly so listen i realized that the overall protectors especially when it comes down to my ancestors and my spiritual leaders how beneficial it is to take advantage i take advantage like i i take advantage i really one thing that i think a lot of people kind of miss the mark on is prayer and people find that prayer is um their go-to like they, they're a, a faith without works is dead kind of individual but don't don't want to put the faith into the correct faith and that's just in my opinion but as yes. somebody who's not religious i realize that in whom i'm praying to i'm not begging i'm asking and mm -hmm. i've gone to my even my like your robo protectors and osha and yamaya and I've, I've asked for that added protection and what i've gotten back from that oh has been it has been amazing and they will show up and they will show out i can't i did a power of three seven day ritual actually i did it for 21 days i did a 21 day protection ritual over my home over my children over everything that was dear to me and it has been doing nothing but flourishing. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm loving it. I'm reaping those benefits. And I said, you know what? I can touch you without touching you. Exactly. I can hurt you without physically hurting you. Oh. So, I, you know, I said, okay, that's fine. I'm just going to go into my work and all your karma's going to come back to you. Times 10, ma'am. Times 10. When I, karma, karma is the most patient woman. That feminine energy. Ever. Ever. Mm -hmm. Ever the life ever and I realized how impatient sometimes ever. I am because mm -hmm. I want so bad for somebody's karma to come. Like I need to come see on. it. I'm like, listen, <laughs> you put me through some shit. I need to see it. And this needs like, to happen now. Situation. My current situation is just like somebody has just not done right by me. And I'm he's just not doing right by people. And I'm just like, creation, listen, I know. I know that you got something to brew and the timing is impeccable. Yes, but like, can it be like right now? Like right now. Cause I just, I, karma now. when karma rears its head and I just hope that creation just lets me live long enough in this life to be able to see it. Like I need the human emotion to be able to process <laughs> some of the, so just some of the shit that I've experienced. Like, 
I yeah, has come back on me tenfold, and I I completely accept it. Especially like when the petty parts of me come out, I'm just like, you're right. I deserve it. There are just certain people that just I'm just waiting patiently, yeah, very patient. And it's just it's gonna be a shit show. I'm talking about shit hitting the ceiling, fan flying all over the walls, and Man, that's not a sponge, not no soap, not a lick of bleach that's going to be able <laughs> to clean the mess. Okay. That have made somebody septic tank go break in a tornado type flip. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. and I, I realize that that's that tends to happen when I'm outgrowing people. Like when I start to outgrow people and I start to see because I start to see people for who they really are. Yeah. And it's not even that like granted everybody serves a purpose in your life. I get it. Right. But there are times where maybe I've kept this person a I've kept this person around a lot longer than their purpose. Mm-hmm. And I remember at one point feeling guilty for outgrowing people. And now I don't, I don't feel that way any longer. Like I just, I kind of accept it for what it is. And I realize that this is just dragging on and it's, it's taking too long and that I need to separate from that person. And I've had to do that on multiple occasions this year. How do you deal with outgrowing guilt? Honestly, I can't say that I have, even felt guilty anyone that i have outgrown i have felt lighter does that make sense no, it's no. just you know especially with me being an empath a lot of people gravitate toward me to mainly tell me their issues mainly yes. to tell me their problems and when it came to certain people it's just like okay well i gave you advice you didn't take it so you can't sit here and <laughs> you know exactly the same thing over and over again because I it it was almost like they were energy leeches. Mm-hmm. So when I literally, like I said, when I went into meditation, I said, you know, hey, for me to be ordered and able to prosper in this life, I need to shed any type of dead weight that is not for me. There yeah. should just not be anything. Um, and communication just stopped. It was no ill will it was no issue it was no fight it was none of that it was just hey eh. <laughs> you know yeah sometimes the favor is done for you especially when you you understand how important your your time is and how important it is to really hang on to the fact that it's got to always be me before it could ever be you Exactly. Like I am so past the idea of stepping in front of people and like taking those figurative bullets for people and mm-hmm. being that punching bag because people don't have the opportunity to deal with what it is that they're dealing with. And right. they don't have the, you know, like the strength at this point. I can't be strong for people no more because like you said, it seems like there's almost a, a retention. They they tend to, to suck the life out of you and they leave you empty. And I don't think people mm-hmm. understand how long it takes an empath to come back from that. We get tired. Yeah. We yes. get like physically tired and it's to the point where we can't do much. Yeah. And it's so, so uncomfortable mm-hmm. the place that you have to be in in order for you to, to, to come to even experience it, but to come back from that, it takes so much strength. And a lot of the time people don't understand that it's, it's almost detrimental. Like if it comes to like, yeah. I've been hospitalized behind it. Yeah. It's like it, it really takes everything out of you. And I have literally attempted to have a, like a productive day off of my regular work day. And 
I get up, I get dressed, and I literally, I laid back down, and I woke up when my kids were coming home from school. I'm like, God damn, I done slept for six hours. I went to bed <laughs> at 10 o'clock last night. You know, I know for a fact I wasn't tired, and it was just, it was so draining, and when I just continued to feel that, I just continued to you know, and I got into myself of if I don't contact, you know, you first, then you don't contact me. So I just, I got to the point where I stopped contacting people first. I stopped checking on people. I stopped asking, hey, how are you? You know, what's going on in your world? What's this? What's that? Um, and I seen that if I didn't check on them first, then they, they had nothing to say. So, hey, it was just no ill will. We just stopped talking. Yeah, because a lot of people will think that it's depression. And it's not, it's not that at all. It's not depression. It's, it's that I'm tired. You've sucked the mm -hmm. life out of me and I'm tired. Right. And when you tell people that people who are respectful of you and who actually love you can understand being tired, but mm -hmm. there are people who don't give a good goddamn about your oh, foot no. and mm -hmm. will ask you for just a little bit more. And those are the yep. people that I have had to outgrow this year. Where it's just like at the end of this, I have talked to you till I was blue in the face and I have offered you resolution. I have gifted mm -hmm. this to you and you said that this was going to be done and you've asked me to hold you accountable even without asking me to hold you accountable and here we are and you have yet to do it and you still coming to me with the same BS. I am tired. Ain't yeah. no guilt not growing up. Yeah, it's just, it's no guilt. And I, one thing I tell people all the time and of course, you know, in my opinion, I, I was saying it prior to this but nipsey hustle said it best everybody in your circle can't go oh, you can't most everybody with you. definitely everybody everybody can't go you know as you elevate your energies are different your frequencies are different and the way i explain it to people is i tell them think of yourself as a radio station and as you start to attune your frequency higher and higher and higher not everybody's radio can hear you not everybody's radio can That's understand analogy. you so you have to get to the place where you are comfortable with people not being able to hear you because you are no longer on that same frequency. And actually, that is a good thing, not a bad one. <laughs> and I, people feel that way. Um, I, I've noticed that a lot of people who really aren't in tune with themselves say all the time, I just kind of feel bad for having to cut that person off or I just kind of feel bad because it'll be, I, I had to cut my mother off. I had to cut my cousin off. I had to cut, you know, my best friend off. Listen, I don't give a fuck who you are. Like at the end, I don't give a fuck if you're my grandmama. Problematic is problematic. Granny got to go. Granny got to bounce. You're not going <laughs> You're not going to kill me because I realize that stress kills. And the more, more times over people that are coming into your life and they're adding distress and dis-ease into your system and you're not going to kill me. And I, and I tell people that people feel like I'm being overdramatic and they feel like I'm doing too much. But like I tell people, stress kills. And the more that you continue to bring it to me and the more I continue to internalize it because I love you and I'm choosing to love you in this way, that could be what kills me and you ain't going to kill me. Right. No, I, I absolutely agree. And I tell people, I don't care if you're a friend or family. If you got to go, you got to go. If you disrupt my peace, you have to go. I don't care who you are. If we are not vibing on the same frequency, you have to go. I don't care what your relationship with me is. And a lot of people used to call me mean. And my God, brother, he calls me the cutoff queen. Yes. <laughs> right. Put it on a shirt. I love it. He's he does he calls me the cutoff queen i was just like you know what i'm gonna take that i said because anybody that disrupts my peace you have to absolutely go and i'll be honest with you but some people may judge me for this and i'm okay with it if my children are disrupting my peace hmm. i simply tell them 
you need to be out of my vibrational space for at least an hour. Please go to your room. Please find something constructive to do. At this time, I need to recharge myself because you have now drained me. And I tell my kids that. And I tell my kids that all the time. My oldest is 15. And I tell him, you know what, son? You are in my territorial bubble and you are draining me. I need you. I need an hour. (laughs) I I need an hour. (laughs) I I need you out of my face. My child is two. (laughs) And he sucks the life out of me. And I'm just like... Sir, I can't wait till you old enough to understand that I need five minutes. Because if I put him in the room for five minutes by himself now, he's going to have a field day. Like now. My youngest was like that. Well, he actually, he kind of still is like that. Um, And I just, I I learned my lesson, honestly, from my oldest. My oldest taught me so much because he he was a preemie he was premature so of course i wanted him with me all the time so like he slept with me until he was like two and a half and you know stuff like that and trying to get him to break away from that was absolute hell i literally went through 23 days and it's bad that i remember that he 15 i went through 23 days of hell trying to break him and make him sleep in his own bed yeah it was horrible I was like, I will never do this again. Even I was a breastfeeding mom. So even with my other children, you got three months. Three months yes. of you out. Yes, <laughs> you got to In your crib, there you go. I'm just going to get up and not be a lazy mom to pop a boob in your mouth. I'm going to get up. I'm going to feed you. I'm going to lay you back down. I'm going to get back in my bed. And I had to establish those boundaries. And I messed up when I start working from home, allowing them to continue to be in my space all the time. They tried it again. So this year, I've been doing a lot better with that, and I've been closing my door and saying, no, I am busy, or no, I am doing something. This is my time. This is me time. You guys need to find something to do. Be constructive. <laughs> and it's, it, it's, I think that as a parent, having those boundaries is super important. And when you raise your children, and the word sounds inappropriate, but when you raise your children correctly, yeah you allow them to understand boundaries. Mm-hmm. A lot of parents don't develop boundaries with their children. My child is two and we got boundaries. Sir, I need to pee by myself. <laughs> right. <laughs> I need to get dressed by myself. Like that means I'm gonna take the shower by myself. I'm gonna put you in the room, you got books. You got mm-hmm. toys, got everything else. Everything you need. And it's little things. It's little things that you do over time that allows them to grow into proper adults. And mm-hmm. I think that we as human beings have to realize that general generational curses are real. They're yes. real. Oh they my God. Curses. Yes, they are. And if you don't, if you don't set the foundation, we had a conversation and I cannot wait to continue the conversation. I had a conversation with my brother and um, one of my closest friends, somebody who I love dearly, when we were in North Carolina for a pod connection and we were just sitting in a room and we were talking about Thanksgiving and we were talking about how there comes a time where it seems like the men just kind of get to do what it is that they want to do and the women do a lot of the work. Mm-hmm. And the children are just kind of left to fend for themselves because they are either in there watching TV, but they cannot be in that kitchen running around. Right. So they have to find something else to do. So we were saying, like, how do you develop the proper 
I guess, way of being where the children have something constructive to do outside of just sitting there or being in the kitchen. How do you allow a child to be a child? And one of the statements I say is that when you start hosting at your house, and mm-hmm. that is big because that then uh, that sets the foundation to change that generational curse. What are three generational curses that you are either changing within your own household or that you have already shifted the paradigm to when it com- when it came down to your children? Um, the very first one, and this is probably going to sound real jacked up and I really don't care, is men have an accountability. Yes. My boys, I have three boys. I have three boys. I have one girl. Why I was gifted with three boys and one girl, I can't tell you. I don't know because I come from a large family of like a, a well, really a mix. It was actually a, a really good mix. Um, my grandmother, rest her soul. I love her dearly and she is on my altar. Um, she allowed my uncles to be in and out, live at home until they were 30 and 40 years old, not have accountability. She you know gave the money when they needed allowed them to drive her car and this is that and the other with my boys absolutely not when they do something they are to come to my face at that time I'm gonna let them know this is what you did I need you to go take some time to yourself when you take that time for yourself you need to number one tell me what it is that you did as to why you had to take the time for yourself number two come up with how you could have avoided that and number three, come up with a solution so that you never have to go through that and we don't have to have this conversation again. Mm-hmm. And I do that with all of my children, even my daughter, because she has to be held accountable as well. So I hold them accountable when it comes to them, like wanting things and having money. I'm not, not going to lie. Yes, I have spoiled my children. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say that I have and I have because when they're doing things, it's just like, OK, cool. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. But for the most part, I do make them earn things. And they're like, you know, hey, mom, can I get 10 bucks? Not a problem. Let's get your chores done for the rest of the week. And I'm going mm-hmm. to give you the $10. Yeah. You know, hey, mom, can you get me some Oreos from the store? Hmm. What have you done for me lately? <laughs> right. No, that, and that's important because those it, it, life is a, a bartering system to an extent. Wow. But if you start with the, the healthy wow. means of it at home, then when they go out into the real world, I tell people all the time, a lot of the generational curses that have been shaped in families come from the fact as though they, they have not been discussed. The streets taught the children and the children brought it home. And when mom and dad didn't pay attention to it, it became a thing. And it started from way before we even knew it. And a lot of people say, you know, you have to forgive your parents because they they have things that they are healing from yes but i also hold my parents accountable for dragging that same shit over into this because as an adult you have choices when you're a child there's very little things that you get to decide on very little things do you have the, the platform and decision making but generational curses if it's taken care of correctly your parent will make it so that you don't have to suffer that 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 accountability that you have with your children is a beautiful thing. That is beautiful. And then the second thing I would have to say, I mean, it, it, it probably is cliche to go with the first one, but it's responsibility. Yes. You know, my children, even down to my youngest, they all have iPhones. They all have phones. They have these electronics. They have this and they want this and they want that. Okay. Are you responsible enough to handle these things? I, I give you, you know, a, a nice little rope. 
when I see that you're unable to handle that, I start to pull it in. I start to reel you in just like a water hose. Mm -hmm. So the closer you got to be to me, (laughs) the less responsibility you're going to have. And my children have come to the thought of, you know what, this is mine. I need to take care of it. My mom is not going to replace it. She spent a lot of money on this, or even if it's something very small, I don't care if it's a a $2 piece of paper or a $20 notebook. If you Mm -hmm. destroy it, I'm not going to replace it. You need to work and earn it back. I'm not going to do it for you. So them being responsible, them having chores, you know, making sure that they're able to take care of themselves. Like once a week, I make my daughter cook. Mm Mm-hmm. And she has to cook for her, for her brothers. You know, it's like, hey, you need to learn these life skills. My oldest, he wants to be a chef. Okay, you want to be a chef? Get yourself in this kitchen with me. Cut that up. You know, season this. Do this, do that. And so I make them really sit and look and learn life skills. Like I make my children wash their own clothes. Mm-hmm. You need to sort. You need to fold your clothes. You need to hang your clothes up. Mommy don't clean their room. They clean their room. They got to do it. And that's down to my eight-year-old. I'm not cleaning your room. You're doing it. These are your things. This is your stuff. You need to be responsible for your things and you need to make sure that things that you have are kept nice and kept neat. And when they don't, they reap the ramifications of it because they're like, oh, mom, this is this. Uh, Okay. (laughs) That ain't got nothing to do with me. And whenever they have a banter or whenever they're going back and forth about a disagreement, I call that sibling rivalry. Mm -hmm. I don't get in that. I don't get into it. I say, you got guys need to work it out. You need to talk about it and you need to come to an understanding with each other as to how you're going to solve the issue that you have. I will literally close my door and my fiance laughs at me and he's just like, babe, I'm like, no, they need to understand effective problem solving. I'm not going to get into that. I can't always pull the mommy card and say, you do this and you do this. No, you guys work it out, talk it out, do rock, paper, scissors. I don't care what you got to do. Work it out. And figure it out. And then when you have a solution, you come to me. Because <laughs> one day you're not going to be here. And that's one thing that my mom, my mom was really big on that. And I, mm-hmm. my parents, of course, are not perfect. I have been through some shit. But <laughs> it, it's amazing that you say that because my mom always says, like, one day I'm not going to be here. And it's yep. going to be just y'all. And I what I'm not getting ready to do is get in between this shit. And then because I've jumped in it, now y'all hate each other. Because I right. picked the side. Because, because I've made the decision for y'all. Y'all didn't y'all didn't come together and collaborate in order to come to an agreement. So now when I've transitioned out of this life, y'all still looking for me to make a decision. Y'all sitting the fuck around doing seances and shit trying to find a goddamn man. Figure it out. Right. That don't work. Don't summon to me. I'm dead. I'm asleep. Leave me the fuck alone. And my mm-hmm. mom is really honest about that. My dad, yes. not so much. My dad is a people pleaser. And he's very much that way. And I'm not really close with like two of my siblings, um, just, you know, for reasons, but we don't hate each other. And, yes, you know, in the event we have to come together. We would most definitely be able to, to function. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm, I'm about my peace and I'm sensitive about my shit. So you stay over there until. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, I would say the last thing. Hmm. I actually, I allow my children to tell me how they feel. I allow them to be very raw, very naked. And for anyone out there, when I say naked, I don't mean physically naked with no clothes. I mean, emotionally, mentally, spiritually naked with me and let me know. And if they tell me, mom, Mom, you hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. I apologize mm-hmm. to my children. Mm-hmm. And I think that is something that is so 
vital that so many parents fuck up with. Mm. Mine did. <laughs> mine did you know when i was in that bad marriage when i moved um like i said i moved there uh, from there to tennessee when i moved i gathered my children around i fixed them a nice dinner and i sat and i explained some of the situation to them because of, of course kids are kids and they don't need to be an adult yet. Right. i explained some of the things to them some of the stuff they knew and they had already seen and heard but I apologized to them and I told them, I said, you know what? This is something that you did not deserve to see. This is something that you did not deserve to go through at your age. I am sorry. And I didn't, I had to sit and apologize to my children. And when they come to me and when they have issues at school, they come to me. They say, mom, this is what's going on with me. And, and I, cause I tell them, if I have to come up to your school and shake some shit up, let me know. Cause mm -hmm. I'm a, my kid's school principal right now. They'd be like, shit, here she come. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I was on their ass about my kid. I don't play when it comes to my children. I don't play with my piece. I don't play with their piece. So yeah. I want them to be able to express themselves. And I think that's something that's really big, especially for my boys, mm -hmm. to be able to tell me how you feel. If you can't tell me how you feel, you're going to walk a long life of not telling people how you feel, harboring anger, harboring hurt, harboring whatever it is that you want to. And you're going to end up having anger issues. You're going to be an angry person. I would rather my children be able to be open and to be honest, use discernment with who they tell their business to, right. but be open and to be honest. And I'm not, sometimes if my, like if my son says, you know, well, he, he pissed me off or, you know, to hell with this. I don't really get on him because that's right. how he's feeling. You know, yeah. I try to make sure that they, that I don't let them take it too far. Right. <laughs> you know? But I allowed them to generally express themselves mm -hmm. genuinely without saying, oh my God, I fear that my mom is not going to listen to me or my mom is going to be angry at me or be upset. Even if I am angry or upset, I do my best not to show it, especially if they are in the wrong. Um, but if they come to me and they tell me a situation, <laughs> like I'll ask them, okay, I understand that situation. I understand how that made you feel and what was your role in the situation situation of why and how it happened and they would have to sit and they would have to think about it and then of course they know they had to let me know you mm -hmm. have to you have to be able to voice yourself voice your feelings tell me what you're feeling yeah. you know I am in, engaged to a person who was not afforded that you know opportunity as a man so it was like pulling teeth to get him to open up and I mean honestly the, the same with me you know I had been through so much and I was told that a child should sit there and, and be quiet you know, a child shouldn't talk, <laughs> you know, they, they are to be seen and not heard. Yeah. That is what I was taught growing up. I didn't want that for my children because exactly. I know the stress that I had not being able to voice my opinion. I became a very reclusive person. When my family was sitting around having dinner, I was in my room drawing. I didn't want to deal with nobody. I come get a bowl of Cheerios and go back to my room. Exactly. And that is what ruins children. More parents should apologize to their kids. And I even, my, my son, very, there are very little times where, because he's, again, two, so he doesn't really, he's expressive, but he's not really expressive. But if mm -hmm. I've done something to him that rubs him the wrong way, I apologize to him for that. If there's something that I've done to, like, my younger cousin who's 14 years old and it bothers him, I apologize to him for that. And I give the children in my life the opportunity to be expressive. I'm raising an emotional man, and I'm okay with that. Because people look at the negative connotation of emotional. I don't want my son to only know happy and angry. Because men, don't, black men, they don't even get the opportunity to be sad. 
So I want my child to be able to be impatient. I want him to be disdained. I want him to be depressed if if he if that's what he's feeling. I want him to be angry. I want him yes. to want to knock some shit over. I want him to be violent. I want him to be happy. I want him to be elated. I want him to understand the, his sexual being. I want my son to be an open fucking book again with discernment. But again, open, because there are a lot of children walking around here today that do not possess emotion because they were not allowed to. Yeah, because their parent didn't apologize when they were emotional. Mommy, you hurt my feelings. Daddy, you hurt my feelings. I didn't like when you said this to me, it made me feel a certain type of way. The response is, well, I'm your fucking mother. I'm your fucking. And that's exactly how it comes exactly. out. I'm your fucking mother. I'm your fucking father. Or I'm your, I'm your mother. And I don't give a damn. That is so bothersome to me. It is. That bothers my spirit that you would tell your child that because of the role that you play in their life as the authoritarian, that they don't have the, the opportunity or the authority over their own emotions. Right. Like you want them. Like yes. granted, you own them because that's a piece of you, but you don't own them. They're still their own person. I be damned. Uh uh-uh. uh. My child come to me, mommy, listen. Earlier when you ate that cookie that was mine. Um, that really bothered me. And I'm okay with saying, baby, I apologize. I'll replace it. My little cousin comes to me all the time. Like, cousin, I could just use, you know, like a couple, you know, minutes over your house. Or, you know, maybe if I could just stay overnight because my household really ain't the best right now. You know, me and my dad got into it or whatever the case may be. That feels good to me. And I gift my baby. I call, I call all my kids my baby. I gift my baby that outlet. Come kick it with me. Talk to me and tell me what's going on. Because I realize that you don't have that at home. My grandmother still does it to this day. Well, I'm his, I'm his grandmother. I'm her mother. I don't give a fuck. Let me tell yeah, you. I don't care who you are. You were just the portal that were, that I was gifted to to come through. That, you say, <laughs> your pivotal point in my life does not change who I am as a human being. My human experience is not your human experience, no matter if I came through you. It ain't nothing disrespectful. Now, I'm not going to walk up to you and swing on you. You're my granny. I'm not going to cuss at you because you're my granny. <laughs> right. That's the respect right. that I have for you. But if you've disrespected me, I have the authority to not say shit to you. Closure ain't mandated. I will block you out my goddamn phone with no problem. You won't be able to get to me. I don't give a damn. I don't give a damn. You ain't going to hurt me and you're not going to hurt the people around me. And the fact is, though, you have that platform and that space for your children to be children and you're allowing them to, to really flow through life as their own individuals is beautiful. And I really wish more people would grasp the goddamn concept of that. I truly do. And I don't know if it's ever going to happen because this is such a, a passive world, a passive aggressive world now. Yeah. People just handing shit out to you or they don't want to help you at all or everything comes at a price. And I get it, you know, sustainability of oneself, but good goddamn, like it's, it's a couple <laughs> things that we can afford to gift to others. Um, and what was your tribe's response to your new way of living? Like when you, you started this journey, like your, I guess when I say your tribe, um, your children and your, you know, like your parents, your immediate family? My children love it. They think it's funny. And it, it's really interesting because sometimes they'll be like, mom, I've had a hard day. Can you stage me? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I, I've actually made it a habit to make sure that I do burn sage. So when they come through, when they do come home, when they come through, they're like, okay, cool. And a lot of times, I, I use like essential oils like orange and lemongrass and stuff like that to just wake them up and they can come home and feel refreshed and not come home and be like, oh crap, I gotta go home. You know, that type of situation. Right. So 
um, I try to make sure that I am cleansing all the time. So my children absolutely love it. And they just, they think I'm so funny. And I don't know why. I don't think I'm funny. But they think <laughs> I am hilarious. But they do love the fact that they can come to me about anything, um, especially with my oldest son getting more into hormones and stuff like that. I make it funny. Sometimes I make it awkward. But, <laughs> you know, the fact that he comes to me, the fact that we can have a conversation as mother and son, you know, without his dad, you know, in the picture and, you know, even without my fiance in the picture who he already just considers his stepdad, mm -hmm. you know, he can come to me. Yeah. And then sometimes I'm just like, you know, y'all need to talk to him because I don't know. I don't have right. one. So I can't, <laughs> you know, but um, I would say, hmm. My mom unfortunately passed away. My mom was the bridge that was kind of holding me to the West Coast. Mm -hmm. She actually passed away the day that I packed up my truck from Las Vegas and moved to Tennessee. Wow. Um, and that's something that I just had to hold and keep in my heart for a three-day drive. Yeah. So she, um, she did, you know, love... I'm sorry. There we go. Um, she did, of course, just love just how I was with my kids. She, as a parent, just thought I was entirely too lenient. But I told her, you know, we have two different times. Like, mom, you used to whoop my ass when I wanted a lunchable. I don't do that to my kids, right. you know. So, you know, we we have differences. Um, my dad, he is more of whatever my baby wants, she gets. Yeah, so come through, Daddy. He's just like he's just like however you want to live your life. He said, "As long as you happy, I ain't gotta shoot nobody." That's that's his philosophy. And, and I'm know, the only my girl. father's philosophy is exactly the same. Those are his exact words. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, as long as I ain't gotta shoot nobody, you know, um, I'm okay. I'm so I enjoyed that. Um, there are family members I actually don't talk to. Yes, I'm okay with um, that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm totally okay with that. Do I miss them? Yeah, okay, cool. I mean, yeah. I miss you. I don't miss your fucked up energy. <laughs> you have to come to this good goddamn table. Won't eat dinner with me, <laughs> right? Um, will I visit? Yes. Do I call and exchange energy all the mm -hmm. time? No. no, um, because I grew up in such a strong Christian foundation, mm -hmm. and. I mean, it is what it is. Christianity, they are judgmental. And I just don't give a fuck. So it's no point for us to talk. Because <laughs> I need the fuck out. I be at the dinner table. Like, if we pray one more good goddamn time over the same turkey, I cannot. <laughs> like, listen, honey, listen. Tell me you how know. God got you through one more time. Like, you did not have to whoop this man's ass in order to get him. God would not tell you to whoop this man's ass. <laughs> Right. I thought y'all was real peaceful people. I didn't know what the fuck right. was going on. Right. And so it's just like, you know, we just, we vibrate on different frequencies. I'll just I'll put it that yeah. way. The wonderful thing about my particular household is that, you know, my fiance, he's a spiritualist. Yeah, so, my fiance. You know. <laughs> so yes, we like, found one of them at. This dude got a problem or something. Yes. <laughs> so it's just like for me it's just like that was a plus and he actually assisted me and made me more comfortable with my journey because he was already there and so he is such a historian 
he looks up. He is a researcher. He researches through and through. So when I needed to find out more about like the Orishas and more about, you know, ancient Egypt. And he was like, okay, babe, let's watch this. Let's do this. Let's look at this. And so we would just kind of come, if I came across something he didn't know, I'm sharing it with him. If he came across something I didn't know, you know, he's sharing it with me. So it's just like, that's just how we've kind of facilitated everything. Now he doesn't, I'll say practice the root work that I do. Mm-hmm. Not to my extent, because he still burns candles. He still places his intentness can and you know his candles and things like that. I'm a little more deeper into it. Right. <laughs> but for the most part, he understands. And just recently, um, in meditation, I've been having a lot of different dreams. And that's something that we can probably, you know, talk about off air. And if you want to air that, then that's fine. Um, just most recently, I've had some really, really strong meditation and some really, really strong dreams and some things that finally make sense <laughs> to mm-hmm. me. Um, and I asked him, you know, we went to dinner. Well, no, we went to lunch. And I asked him, I said, how do you feel about me getting more into root work and more into conjure? And he told me, he said, if that's what you're being called to, he said, who am I to stop you? Listen, when's the wedding? Listen, meet me at the altar. <laughs> And not the altar you're thinking of. The altar. We're going to meet at the altar. We're going to do this in front of your ancestors. We're going to make it right. Right? Listen. Exactly. Listen, King, come through. Listen. Listen, I don't think you got no brothers or no cousins or nothing, y'all, but I'm going to find out for y'all. No, he's the only boy. It's just him and his sister. Listen, listen, if you likes women's, we're going to see if the other... And she just got married November 1st, y'all. God damn. I'm sorry. All right. But he supports me. He said, whatever you feel that you are being called towards, he said, I support you. And, and just yesterday, we went to um, a conjure shop. And, you know, he helped me. And we looked around. We looked at different things. Mm-hmm. We looked at, you know, different things. Um, you know, crystals. crystals and I, I totally spaced that. Um, I have been collecting crystals this year has been my year of of crystal magic and and really working with them and i would say that i've kept an inventory and i have some really interesting crystals and i only go towards what i'm called to Mm -hmm. if i hold it and it doesn't speak to me or i don't get a feeling i put it down yeah um or if i see something i'm like okay this will aid me in this process then i'm like hey i need that but the specific piece still has to talk to me it still has to give me some type of vibrational feeling so that i know that it's for me yeah. um so that's another thing and he's also into that as well um so we did go like crystal shopping yesterday um and we got like some candles that were dedicated to our orishas and stuff like that and it was interesting because naturally um under my sign under you know babalu i i am considered a healer mm-hmm. so it, it was natural and it was a girl in there buying tarot cards and I apologize this is off base but I just want to make sure that people have an understanding of this yeah um it was a girl in there she was buying tarot cards the only reason she bought the tarot cards is because she was tired of getting like paying people to read you know to read her and she was like oh man I'm paying you know this much money to do this to do that and so when I heard that, you know, something kept telling me to say something to her. But I'm like, I'm about to say that to the girl, not girl. Right, <laughs> right. I kept being drawn to say something to her. And I even heard the store owner tell her, you know, Whoa. these are not something that you do as 
just for fun. This is something that you have to be called to. This is something that you have to have a spiritual hand in. Yeah. Um, and for me, yes, I went towards the tarot cards. I did get a feeling, but me personally, I am not comfortable yet to exactly. pick up a deck of cards. And when I did touch cards, they didn't speak to me, Same. so I left alone. So I know that's just something that's going to come with my growth, but as of right now, that's just not for me. My, you know, my path is, is elsewhere. So I asked her, I said, you know, do you know who your Orisha is? Do you know who rules your Zodiac? And she said, my what? Who? Exactly. <laughs> I was like, and then in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh gosh, she's in trouble. She about to yep. get some shit. <laughs> she getting ready <laughs> summons a good goddamn demon. Some shit getting ready to pop off. <laughs> right. She's about to open the door. She ain't we're gonna know how to close so i asked her, i said well what is your zodiac sign and she at that point became comfortable and she you know like started to listen to me and, and got face to face with me and so i looked it up for her i airdropped her who her orisha was exactly what he stood for exactly you know what her calling or around should be and she said you know this is interesting because i'm in this job field i said hey you're in the job field because this is what you're exactly. what you're born under um, so I told her, I said, before you touch <clears throat> those cards, before you open those cards, I said, I want you to sit and I want you to meditate. Mm -hmm. I said, when you do that, I want you to ask for clarity. I said, I don't know if you're into crystals or anything like that, but I know Celeste Light is really good for like the throat mm -hmm. and the third eye. So I told her, you know, there are some things that you really want to understand before you open these doors. Mm -hmm. And so I had actually told her about Boots Tarot and I had her follow his page on last night. And I said, you know, he, his look to some people are, is off putting, yeah. but his message is a one is a one and on point period. Boots is going to be boots and he don't give a shit. He is unapologetically and I love it. who he is. Exactly. And I absolutely love that about him. And I've had many sessions with him I, and I've actually met him, you know, um, at King Crab not too long really? ago. And just his, his spirit, his vibe is so warm and it is so amazing. If, if anybody was ever in his presence, they can understand the essence of who he is, mm -hmm. you know? And that's one thing I would tell people, you will really understand the essence of, of who someone is once you're in their vibrational space. And I told her, I said, you know, don't be fooled by his looks. I said, there's a message. I said, and every message doesn't come in a package that you're used to seeing. Exactly. Be blind to the package. Listen to the message because mm -hmm. you listen with your ears. Yeah. I said, so close your eyes. <laughs> so yeah. um, she, you know, she did. She went and she followed him and she said she was going to, you know, book a reading with him. But I told her, I said, you really want to understand who you are and where you are in your journey. I said, because you don't want to just pull things and you don't know what the hell you're doing. Yeah. I said, and then you start saying certain things and you start opening these doors. You don't know mm -hmm. who and how it is. It could be one of those times when, you know, the veil is thin. And Papa Legba is like, hey, let everybody go through. Go, oh, Jack. And, and you now you, and you're, and people are entrusting <laughs> you with these readings. And I tell people all the time, tarot ain't for everybody. Like everybody's spiritual journey is different. And some people are not meant to reach a certain level of spirituality because it's not set for them. They're not, they're not equipped with what it is that's necessary in order to get to that point. You could really fuck yourself up like physically like your physical being because your spirit will be in so much distress and unrest because you're not ready for that and i've right. seen people go into crystal shops and start picking shit up and i've watched them pick up incense and i've watched them pick up candles and i'm i'm looking at them and they're in such a frantic to buy and it is bothersome and it's just like 
my like I get hot like my fingertips start yeah. tingling and I'm like all right like I gotta I gotta walk over to this girl and I gotta ask her I gotta walk over to this man and ask him why the fuck are you picking this shit up and it's right. like, like well I need more money and it's like so you picked up eight green candles and you know three pieces of crystals and 14 boxes of you know attracts money incense and you right. go home and you get ready to go bankrupt tomorrow because you get ready to fuck yourself up Big time. isn't even set. You're greedy. You came into this okay. with greed. And when you walk through that door, your energy probably was, you probably felt heavy, like your feet felt like cement. And a lot yeah. of the time they say, well, you know, how do you know these things? And it's because at one point I was so anxious to get to a certain point in my life that we got here. Like here we are now, like we, you and I having this conversation. You can't do shit with the wrong intent. You and this bitch, she a whole wicked. You can right fuck her shit up. <laughs> this is not for you get out right. get out right and a lot of people really like i've watched people purchase tarot cards from like books a million mm-hmm. i've watched people purchase tarot cards from amazon and i'm like y'all have no idea what y'all no. are doing you don't even know where these cards came from you don't no. know the manufacturer you don't know it's who's touched these cards kids. exactly you nothing you when you yeah, walk into true. these crystal shops y'all are picking up pieces of tumbled crystal and you don't know where, it, where its origin you don't know you didn't even come in here educated you came in here like well whatever i feel i'm just going to pick up and i'm just going to go with and i'm going to go home and research it okay but now what if the energy that you're feeling wasn't set for you you just bought that into your home. You crossed mm-hmm. over your threshold and you put that there. That takes a lot. Even if it's only been there for about 30 or 40 seconds, it takes a lot to get that energy it's out of your home. Like I'm at a point now, my son's father and I actually co-parent under the same roof without actually being together. Mm-hmm. And my room is has a really different energy than the rest of the home. And he says that he's like, when I come in your room, I just want to go to sleep. Like when I come in your room, I'm just really at peace. And I just like, I just kind of want to sit like a lot of the time when we have heavy conversation, we have heavy conversation in the living room. And then he'll say like, can you cleanse this space? Like after this, can, can you, can you do something with this? Or like, you know, he go, he might go to sleep in his room one night. He's like, I just, I really don't feel good. Like my body's achy. Do you have something for this? Like, can, is there something with this? Um, can you run me a bath? Can you sit right. with me? Like, can you talk with me? Mm-hmm. Even my family members will come and they'll say shit. Like I got a headache. And I'm like, I know. I know, you <laughs> right. I know you don't feel good. I'm ready to go. I, you, Cause you're uncomfortable. That's fine. Get out. Mm-hmm. A lot of my family yeah. will come over here and they'll kind of look in my room, but they won't step foot in my room. And I'm okay with that. Don't touch it. Stop touching shit. What are you in here for? My little cousin comes in here all the time. And he's just like, I just, I feel different when I come in your room. Like when I, when I'm in your room, I feel a certain type of way. And then when I leave out of your room, it's something different. And I say, it's, it's the intention that I have set here. And my room is a very like simple room. It ain't much in here at all. It's just my energy alone mm-hmm. is something different. I actually don't house my crystals in my room. I house my crystals in my purse and it goes with me everywhere. My crystals are with me at all times. Like I'm protected at all times. And I'm at the point now where I think that I want to keep maybe two sets, maybe have my household set and then have my set with me um, when leaving the house. It's just that my set of like my calcite and my jade and my amethyst and my obsidian and my onyx, they all are a piece of me and those are pieces that I picked up and I had I had moments with and I feel like I'm going to end up having a set for my home that won't be that same set as which I carry with me which is fine but I realize now and even now in talking about it that 
the set that I carry with me has a lot to do with like detoxifying mm-hmm. and transmutation. Like, because mm-hmm. I'm around people all day long and I'm around a lot of different energies all day long. Mm-hmm. And I think that carrying that with me might be something different because now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like the this the the crystals from my home are more like jasper and mm-hmm. more like mukite mm-hmm. and malachite. It's not I don't think it's set for like my clear quartz. Like I, I keep clear quartz, I keep amethyst, calcite, um, I keep a piece of um tangerine citrine with me. Like okay. a piece, I keep mm-hmm. all of that and I think that it's I, now, like now, my coils are turning. I don't think that my my household set might be the same set. So, I I I think I might have to. Now you got me ready to like shake and groove. I think I got to go shopping. Got to have a good time. I think I have a uh. I have to set a budget for next year. I'm working on budgeting. I have like a spiritual budget <laughs> just for right for, for this stuff. Right. So I want to show you this. I know that. Our listeners can't see this, but I know that you're able to see. I just kind of wanted to show you this really quickly. Um, Because of the fact I work in my same space, I don't Mm -hmm. go too many places. Beautiful. So this is what I have changed here. And these are my crystals. There's a pyramid that sits here, but um, Mm -hmm. Honey is currently using it for his work right now. Um, So he has the pyramid and it's like a chakra pyramid and it has uh, copper in it. Like, even my bracelet is a copper bracelet with mm-hmm. adventure inside of it. Um, so all of these, of course, I have the ones that correlate with all of the chakras. Mm-hmm. That one, of course, is, you know, Baba Luaye and, and his favorite stone. Um, and then, of course, that's my malachite and, you know, blue kyanite and things like that. So I have all of these that I utilize in a different manner. It just depends on what I'm doing. <laughs> so and then this is you know that's my book of my work but mm-hmm. I always want to make sure that everything is aligned no matter what it is I want to make sure that all of my things are always aligned they're communicating with each other because we have to work as one yeah in order to be able to you know navigate of course through this spiritual journey so I try to keep everything together um just for that reason just for that reason. And that's why I was saying I, I was taking an inventory <laughs> of mm-hmm. all of my crystals because I have so many. Um, but I'm not done. I'm not done. And I know that I'm not done. But you can tell a difference. Just like you say, your crystals are detoxifying. You can tell a difference when you have them with you. Mm-hmm. It is a whole different energy. In it. And I'm good for knowing if one is fake or if one is yeah. not fake. Like, I'm I, not- had a, um, I had a piece of snow quartz. Mm-hmm. and it just didn't feel right mm. and I'm just like this is this is not for me yeah so and 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 that happens that definitely does happen and a lot of people are like oh I'm just gonna go ahead and order the chakra set offline or I mean like we've gotten so lazy as a people <laughs> when it comes to this work and with this with spirituality with going through these with working with crystals, with working with candles, you cannot be lazy. You have to do footwork. Now, mm-hmm. I will be honest. I was unable to find a serpentine crystal, mm-hmm. and I did order my serpentine crystal, but I checked the person out, kind of looked at what was going on, kind of felt the energy of how I felt with the crystal, me, with the crystal. and when I received it, I was so pleased. Mm-hmm. And I say I was pleased because this person understood to put dried rose hips 
and him, pink Himalayan salt mm -hmm. and a red phantom quartz and, you know, um, with a sharp edge clear quartz with it to aid it on its travel. Yeah. I was like, yes, what? Yes. <laughs> Anybody who provides cleansing tool, anything that will assist with the overall travel of the stone before until it gets to me, but you also provide cleansing as well, you are a friend of mine. Listen, I'm going to be real with y'all. People listening, y'all don't understand how expensive salt is. And I'm talking about pure pink Himalayan. It's not rock yes. salt. It's not the salt you get from Home Depot. It's not the iodized salt in your cabinet. That salt runs you a cool brick, and it's used a lot of the time for cleansing of your crystals. People, I watched this woman not too long ago run her crystals under tap water. My God, I I will use tap water in a bind, like in a bind, and I'm talking about like it's got to be that I drop it in some dirt in a bind. <laughs> like I need to get this rinsed off. <laughs> And I'm just, she's on, she was on Instagram live and she was just running the crystal under tap water and she had them in a bowl. She had a piece of calcite underwater. And I'm like, no, she's going to ruin it. And her following is like, probably like four, maybe 4,500 people. <gasps> just a level of pure ignorance. My heart. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't have the heart. I did not have the heart to message her. All I sent her was, um, you know, calcite is, is kind of um, dangerous under water because it's not meant to be cleansed that way. And she said, oh, okay. Just, oh, okay. What? That's yeah. just like with raw malachite. With raw malachite, it's poisonous. Mm -hmm. You cannot get moisture on it because it is legit poisonous. And when you are working with raw stones, especially, you're working with firework clusters or quartz clusters, they are not to be cleansed in water. <laughs> a lot of my stones are tumbled just for safety because my son is so young. Mm -hmm. Um and he he gets into everything. Like I'm I have a whole plan for it because we've renewed our lease here. So I'm like for another year, I cannot live as simple as we've been living. Like we moved in here January of last year. So it's just been really simple. I'm like, we're going to be here another year. I have to be more comfortable. I'm very comfortable in my home, but I would like to be more comfortable. So I, a lot of my stones are tumbled, but I feel like and a lot of the like shelving units that we're getting ready to put up, I can actually put up um, a, a bit more like clustered pieces and not have to worry about untouching them. And then mm -hmm. I'll just cleanse when he's like with his, you know, his grandmother or my mom calls herself Oma. So when he's with his Oma, okay. um, I'll be... <laughs> I'll be um, a bit more less hesitant to have it around. But this year I've, I've really been with like tumbled stones and I've been um, a lot careful with like the essential oils in the house. My son's father didn't know that he had an irritation of cinnamon oil and he put, <laughs> he put a couple drops in his bath. And he's like, my skin is burning. And I'm like, it's because that's not cut out. Touching for you, stuff. Right. You're touching stuff. <laughs> Hilarious. It was. And he's not a spiritual being at all. He's <coughs> religious. He's very much just, um, well, he's spiritual in a sense of understanding that there is a higher power, but he's not really all that. He keeps a lot of Bibles in his car, but more so for the protection of which he feels like the attachment that he has to the word 
Um, okay. I don't. I don't go back and forth with him about it. I'm like, bro, you got this. King James wrote it, but cool. Right. Do your thing. Right. Um, <laughs> but he's kind of coming in more into the idea of spirituality. He wants to create. He calls it an ofrenda because he recently watched the movie Coco with our son. So yes. he calls it an ofrenda. So he's like, uh, you know, if we could kind of create our own, I'm like, well, yeah, baby daddy, I got that. Like, you know, let's make an altar. And he's Please. like, um, he's like, and I can so many different people that I want to put on this altar. And I'm like, okay, but I need pictures. I don't, I can't use printed pictures. I need photos. So he's mm-hmm. with his, talking to his mom now and he wants to get a couple copies of photos of his grandfather. Um, and I have a couple pictures that um, a lot of my elder, my elder uh, family members are willing to give me because a lot of my family members are like in their 90s. So I've been kicking mm. a lot with them lately and they have some of the most amazing photography from back then. And I am just oh, so excited to set this up. And, I'm, and my son, he's, it's such a young age where his spirit is so pure that we're having him mm-hmm. do a lot of the placement. So I'm really excited for that, yeah. That is going to be awesome. That is going to be something so amazing to involve him into that is going to, you know, assist with his spiritual development. And of course, you know, however you decide to, you know, raise him and uh, and allow him to choose. And that's one thing that, you know, I also did for them. They understand what I do. They know Mm -hmm. my children know they, they have an understanding and they know. And I told them, you know, I'm just going to tell you the truth. If you have, if you have questions and that's fine. You know, and I would just rather be honest with them, mm-hmm. opposed to try and lie and hide. They know, and they know my altar space. Don't go there. Yep. Don't touch it. You're going to feel something you don't want to feel. <laughs> <laughs> that is my space. And so they understand and they know. Um, but I think that'll be really awesome to, to have him place those. That'll be beautiful. I love that. I really had, you know what? I When I was in North Carolina, I know that um, you had DM me while I was down there because I think I had posted, I was in Charlotte um, and I was there for a pod connection. So my three days down there were like jam packed with just like stuff. Like we had so much going on. Um, and next year it's in Miami. So I won't even be down in North Carolina, but I need to come down there now. Like we have to, I just kind of want to come and intrude on your personal space. If you will allow me to. I'm good with that. I am good <laughs> with that love. And you know what? Um, not positive. Well, no, I know where you are. Um, totally up to you. The invite is open to her only though. Cause I don't know y'all I know her. Um, <laughs> my, um, uh, my birthday's coming up and I will be in Atlanta. Yeah, I will be in Atlanta from the 27th through the 30th. Um, you are more than welcome to join if you're able to pop through. Um, if not, that's okay. But I am totally open to you coming, sharing vibrational space with me. I am totally open to that. Wonderful, wonderful. Our conversation definitely took a turn, but I am so grateful and thankful that it is because the way that the energy flows and the way that frequencies mesh, I realize that sometimes conversations take a turn. And I am so thankful just for dialogue and conversation. And I'm thankful for you, Goddess. You are something amazing, nothing short of amazing. I thank you. Um, I really don't like for interviews to run super long, but we are definitely going to do a part two, not even just this, but just putting together um, and just doing some overall like spiritual education because I Mm -hmm. find that I learned so much from different people. I've learned things from you today. Um, And there are people that just have a lot of questions. And I tell people all the time, if I don't have the answer, I will definitely find you the answer. Find the answer. Yes. Um, And I just, I would love for you to come back into the safe space and come kick it with us for a few episodes next year. Um, I have a lot of things that are happening next year with the podcast and a lot of different things. Um, So I would just, we'll, we'll be in touch. 
And Absolutely. you know, we'll definitely um spend some some time together through here. And you know, I'll I'll send you my number after we get off of here. Um, you know, and that way it's just a lot easier for us to communicate. But before we get out of here, let the people know yes. one more time where they can find you. You can find me on Instagram at author underscore rs cole underscore sixteen on Twitter at rscole743. And of course, I totally forgot, duh, Rashida, you can find my podcast on all major platforms. Um, it is just entitled Hurt to Heal, or you can type in rscole and you'll be able to listen to my content as well. And I will be placing a link in the uh, description bar, you know, on the, the podcast space um, for you to find all of her links, all of her social media and where to purchase books. You guys know that you can follow me each and every weekday for your motivational minute at Dem Chakras, D-E-M-C-H-A-K-R-A-S. Make sure that you follow the podcast at Dem Chakras, D-E-M-C-H-A-K-R-A-S. Uh, follow me on Instagram and Twitter, Dem Chakras, D-E-M-C-H-A-K-R-A-S. Slide over to Apple Podcasts and make sure that you rate the show. I cannot wait to hear from you guys. And I will see you guys next week.